but we want to start a series this week that I was really moved by We Need a Move of God today. And so the series that we're going to start is called Move. How many know that you had to move to get to God sometimes? Sometimes God said, move some things out of the way. Sometimes he said, move you (laughs) into my presence. Either way, God's God's moving in this place, and I'm thankful for it. Exodus chapter 40, we'll begin reading verse 34 as Moses is finishing up the work of the tabernacle. It says, then a cloud. Everyone say cloud. I've been kind of studying clouds lately. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Are you glad when that happens? And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Said it twice must mean something. And when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went toward, went onward in all their journeys. Everyone say journey. How many know you're on a faith journey? Amen. But if the cloud were not taken up, then they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. Meaning, if the cloud moved, they moved. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and the fire was on it by night, in the sight of all of the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. Everybody say, God was with them. Everybody say, God is with me, and I need a move of God. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, we're looking to hear from you. We're looking to have your word, which is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Divide asunder soul and spirit. Tell us what is the spirit of God, the moving of God, and what is good for our soul in this moment, Lord God. And I pray you help us to sever out the things that need to be moved out of the way and to use this word to give us a move of God. In Jesus' name, somebody said amen. You may be seated. We need a move. Talking with my pastor the other day, and he was asking me about how the church was doing, and I told him, and there came a moment where I got emotional and I wasn't expecting it. And I just, I told him, I said, you know, I've kind of got a mess going I kind of, there's just, there's this COVID thing and there's things happening and, and stuff is going on in people's life that I can't quite get my hands around. And I said, I just, uh, we're praying and we're seeking God and we're fasting. And I said, but, I said, but you know what, we, I, I don't know if I know how to handle these times any more than I knew how to handle when we planted the church. I said, that's where I feel like I'm at right now. And pardon the personal reference, but I told them, you know what? Even when we started it, we had this little green day woo. I don't know if you even remember that, but we welded. I went over to my father-in-law's house, which whenever I asked for a father-in-law, God thought I said, father, fix it all instead of father-in-law. And so I just go to his house every time something breaks, and he helps me fix it. And he welded the ability to to mount a trailer hitch underneath. We had to do all of this engineering to fit it to a Daewoo Nubira. And he created this hitch so that I could drag this trailer to and from the back of the property. And then the hitch broke. So we were pushing the trailer. to You know, whenever you're desperate for a move of God, when something breaks, you just keep being desperate for a move of God. 
You don't even know how you're going to do it sometimes. You just know what you want from God and what you need from God is you need him to move in your life. You don't know where it's going to come from sometime. You don't know how you're going to get there sometime. But you don't necessarily have to know all those things if you understand that a move of God will answer everything you needed to answer in your life. And I was taught that by my mother very young, and I began to get emotional as I was telling Brother Hanthor, my pastor, I said, we didn't know how we were going to do it. We were borrowing a trailer with borrowed gear to start a church in a hotel room. And all we knew, it was a, it was a conference room of the hotel, but all we knew was we wanted a move of God. That's all we knew is it didn't matter. We felt called to the city, but more important than the, who was in the city or, or what churches were already here was we need a spirit-filled church, a house, a tabernacle where the cloud sets down and the Holy Ghost is moving. We desired a move of God. And it wasn't just that we wanted it, we needed it. Yeah. See, have you ever met somebody that always says, I need that, and it's really a want? Have you ever met somebody like that? I need the new iPhone 12 when it comes out next week. <laughs> you don't need to spend $1,000, $1,200 on a phone next week, brothers and sisters. But some people have a way of justifying their own actions. A man's ways are right in his own eyes. Amen. Scripture lets us know that we can find a very creative way of justifying just about anything. And so we know that we have places in our life that we call need and really they're just a want. And in the last six months, we've found out what we really need and what we really want. Amen. When everything's shut down and you have essential travel and you have things going on, you, you know that there are some things that you really need. I mean, excuse the reference, but before, before COVID, I used to spin toilet paper off the roll like I was spinning the wheel of fortune. And now I spin it off the roll like I'm opening a safe. <laughs> Some of you didn't like that reference. I apologize. Lighten up. <laughs> COVID has taught me some things about myself. I, feel, I found out that if you leave me in the house long enough, I start acting like the dog. I wander around the house looking for food and get excited about car rides. <laughs> Anybody else? Oh, I just felt the move of God right there. Somehow this just landed. What's beautiful about the scripture is that even though it's happening thousands of years ago, we understand the pattern is this. Brother Joe mentioned it so well. He said, God mirrors you. When you move, God will move. And that is true in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, it's not. In the Old Testament, it's when God moved, you move. But the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is now the Holy Spirit is in you in the New Testament. And their, and their understanding of God, they needed to understand that when God moves, you move because they were coming out of slavery. Mm, I, I need to get to my notes or I might not make it through this sermon myself. I just might be dancing over there and you guys don't know what's happening to me, but I'm having a move of God on my own. So in Exodus chapter 30, 40 and verse 34, it says these words, and we might not get out of this particular verse today because there's so much buried in this one word of God. How many know that the word of God is deep? Amen. It says, then a cloud, which represents the spirit of God. Everybody say the cloud. Covered. That word covered is a very powerful word in the original Hebrew. It means to clothe or cover or to plump. 
I personally don't need any plumping. I'm just going to say right now, Summer Custard has handled all the plumping I need to do. Okay. All right. Holy Spirit, come on back. It actually means, this is what it means. To fill up hollows is what it actually means. To cover, create secrecy or a secret place. How do you like that word right there? So when you look at this, it says that when God began to teach them how to change their mind about being slaves to being saved, he put them in a position where he covered them with his spirit. That is still true today, brothers and sisters. If you want to walk out of your struggle and your trial, there's nothing more powerful than getting covered with the spirit of God. Letting God set down in and on your tabernacle, amen? But what it does handle is it handles the things that we feel are hollow. Everyone say hollow. In life, no matter how successful, no matter how rich, no matter how happy your life may be, there will be moments, somebody needs to testify to this, when it's just not enough. You will experience hollow moments in life. Your soul was meant to live forever. So temporal things cannot satisfy an eternal soul. And understand that when you live your life, you're going to need a covering that fills in the hollow places. When you live in time as an eternal being, you need God who fills all the places in your life where loneliness creeps in and hollowness creeps in. And you've done your best and you've tried your hardest, but your best has not been enough and your good has not been good enough. And even though you have tried, it's not good enough. There are moments where we do our best, but it's just not enough. And in those moments where we feel like we haven't accomplished what we wanted to accomplish, thank God I have a Holy Ghost that fills the hollow moments of my life. He never leaves you lonely. That's the promise, brothers and sisters. Do you hear me today? I'm telling you, you are not promised that you won't shed tears. He put the eye ducts there for a reason, for you to shed cortisol and other chemicals in your body so you feel better after you cry. That is true. But you are put there, those tear ducts are put there because he didn't promise you that you weren't going to cry tears in life. He promised you never cry alone. That's what he promised us. He'd never leave us. He'd never forsake us. He was going to put a cloud covering over us and that is what the Holy Ghost still does today I'm, I'm preaching loud I'm not mad I promise you I'm just excited because the Holy Ghost covers your hollow moments that is what that word means covering and then it also means it also means that the Holy Ghost that was sent by the God who not only sends, but becomes what he sends. He is the only omniscient one who can send something and be there when it shows up. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? 
That's why we celebrate his word. That's why if I preach this anointed word long enough, the Holy Ghost will fall in here and he will show up. While we're preaching what you would call, some people would call a history book, it's so anointed that you can preach it and God will say, that's my truth, that's my truth. He'll show up, he'll touch you on the shoulders, he'll start manifesting his presence and we call it a move of God. Why? Because he's manifesting himself off his word. So not only does he send his word into the earth, He's there when it shows up. <laughs> I love it about God. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us because he can be in both places at two times. Amen. At any time, he can be in any place. I'm thankful for the cloud over my life. How about you? Amen. It fills the hollow place, satisfies the unsatisfiable. It answers the unanswerable. It handles the hollow. Amen. It addresses the impossibilities. Anybody walk through any impossibilities in your life? Amen. This church is an impossibility. The fact that we're still here is an impossibility. Amen. Do you understand how, how much of a miracle we are? Amen. Somebody thank God right now for the miracle of you, the miracle that he's given you, that you're still here, your family and your loved ones. There's still a cloud over the tabernacle. We are the place where God resides. Amen. We are the church. The church has never left the building the building gets filled with the church. Amen. This is just expensive square footage until you showed up. And when you showed up, this became the church. You have to understand, you walk in with the cloud over your life. Amen. And you need to live with that understanding. The Holy Ghost sets down on you the temple of the Lord. That's why we say, be careful where you go and what you do. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Remember saying it in Sunday school? Because we want to keep the understanding that the Holy Ghost is with us. And that's why we need to move constantly. I might drag in here some weeks, but I dance my way out because I know the Holy Ghost is here. I come in here empty sometimes and I leave full. That is how we're supposed to live, brothers and sisters. We're supposed to live full. Yes, I get that. We're supposed to live happy. Yes. We're supposed to dance in God's. Yes, I get that. But sometimes you come in empty. Sometimes you come in tired. Sometimes you come in needing a move of God. And when we do need a move of God, he shows up. Amen. He is willing and able to handle everything we have. Come even when I need to be filled. What's sometimes, I, you know, the enemy will speak to your mind and he'll say, what's the use and you leave, when you get into a move of God, you leave feeling like God's got this. I, God's got this. I, I don't know how it's going to happen, and I don't know when it's going to happen, but God's got this. If you have that kind of trust in God, you have changed the outcome of your destiny, and now you've put yourself into his victory. You've taken yourself and set yourself into his victory because he moves. What happens when the cloud sits down on the church? I, I want you to understand that whenever you understand the Old Testament right here in Exodus 40, and you understand that men, holy men further in the scripture, knew what happened at the tabernacle, they celebrated on small things because they knew what the word was saying. When it talks about covering, that, that, that was something that moved men. When it talks about a cloud, it moved men. And I'm so thankful that I know that sometimes when something's missing, God has got it. He's going to take care of it. That's what a move of God will do. It is something we need. Amen. And so when you look at the cloud covered, 
We're still in verse 34. I don't know if we're going to get any place else today, but this is what I'm feeling to preach. Anybody need to hear that God's got you covered? You need to hear that today? Anybody need to hear that God has a way of filling in the empty spaces for you? Anybody need to hear that today? Anybody know what it's like to need a move of God? So now you know why Elijah got so excited when he saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. He said, I know a place in Scripture where a cloud was used before. And that filled in the hollow places. And that filled in those cracks. And that filled in and clothed and covered. Amen? So, of course, you could celebrate on the cloud the size of a man's hand. Go tell Ahab his chicken dinner's over. He better get in his chariot and get down to Jezreel because I'm about to pull up my garments and beat him there. Amen? The man who sent the message met him at the place where he sent it to. That's a picture of God right there if I ever saw one. The hand of the Lord was upon him. That's a move of God. The man ran faster than a chariot. I don't know if you can believe that or not, but the man ran faster than a horse chariot because a move of God was on him. What we have to understand is we don't have to make this church move if we get into a move of God. If we match his move, oh, my goodness, I want to preach this so bad. David was dealing with the feelings of understanding that a move of God and a covering of God means certain things in the original language. And one of the things it means is secrecy or a secret place. This is where we find the secret place that David is talking about. He says, in the presence of the Lord is a secret place. The secret place is created when we have a move of God. Do you understand what I mean by that? It means you can come in here and not know anything about God and come in with the worst kind of sins. And God will say, I have a secret place to keep all of that. Let me put it under my blood. Let me put a secret, let me put you in a secret place where you're protected. That's really what it means. His secret place was a place of protection. And so David wrote in Psalms 91 and verse 1, he said, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. What is it like to have the covering of the Almighty over your life? What is it like to have the protection of the Almighty over your life. What is it like to walk and know that I'm not just waiting for fate to hit me on a blindsided Tuesday. I'm not just waiting for the other foot to drop and get a pink slip and no more job. I'm covered by the Almighty. I'm protected when I put my family in a car and I drive down the road. I'm protected by the Almighty. When I get to work on a Monday morning and somebody's made a mistake, I I am protected by the Almighty. I don't get my paycheck from my job. Jesus is signing my paycheck through them. Amen. I'm protected and covered in a secret place by the Almighty. A move of the Spirit brings security. Someone say security. A secret place for our soul that our soul longs for. We need a secret place in God. In this world today, we need a secret place in God. Your soul is longing for it, whether you know it or not. Our souls long for that secret place in God. Jesus gave a beautiful visual in Matthew 23, 37 of this secret place. He was lamenting over the people rejecting the protection provided by him, that, se that secret place that he provided. And he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a 
hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you would not. Everybody say, you would not. Some of the most dangerous words in the scripture is when we would not. You understand that God's desire as a hen gathering her precious chicks, that is his desire, but your will can override his desire. You will not. You would not. And God will not take away something that you desire from him, for him to not, never mind, I messed that up. Let me start over. And we're back. God will not make you do anything. He's a perfect gentleman. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, God's a gentleman. What a picture for us, though, to experience in the scripture in Matthew. The secret place is created when the Holy Ghost sets down. Do you understand what I'm saying there? So we've talked about he fills the hollows. He creates a secret place when there's a move of God. Everyone say a move of God. This reminds me of a story. Of course, everything reminds me of a story. I just don't tell everything that comes to the back of my head. So I have a constant conflict when I'm preaching because I'm telling you one thing, and the back of my head says, no, say this, no, say this. <laughs> so I'm actually preaching five sermons right now. The one I'm telling you and the five others my brain is telling me to tell you. That's why I go home and take a nap because it's exhausting. No, I'm kidding. The story of a farmer who had a catastrophic fire, and it makes sense, and it ties into this Matthew 23, 37 reference. Had a catastrophic fire, and he was walking his farm after a complete loss, and he was sifting through the rubble, and he found the carcass of a hen. And that hen, as he reached down, because, of course, you don't know this, but farmers do love their animals. They, they just they love their animals. And he reached down to move the hen, and he was startled when underneath the remains of the hen were baby chicks alive and untouched. Mama had gathered them under her wings in the fire and had sacrificed her own life to save those baby chicks under her wings. And it's the same picture in Matthew, 37, Matthew 23, verse 37, of how Jesus is saying, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you kill the prophets sent to you. you. You do the wrong thing so many times. And How often I would have gathered you unto myself. But Jesus knew that he was going to the cross to handle the inferno and flames of sin and the flames of hell once and for all. And he backed himself up to a cross and he spread his wings and he gathered all of us under his wings so now we're spared from the fire we're spared from the shame of sin we're spared from the things that would burn our lives and damage us but if you move the carcass of Jesus you see a living church alive and vibrant church that was sustained in the secret place under the wings of the almighty Jesus is God in flesh he is the only one that could shadow his church like that they've tried to burn this book they've tried to burn this church they've tried to do everything to stop this word but underneath the shadow of the almighty the church is still living the church is still surviving the church is still moving he stretched his wings wide and protected us from the flame of sin shame and hell and when they went to sift through the ashes. 
they found out that his body had been moved because he wasn't there anymore. Because his miracle became my miracle. And because he got up, I can get up. He went to a cross to gather us under his wings. So that when we come alive again, we can say we're just doing like he taught us. and We must live in a move of God in order to stay alive. He paid the penalty. Hear me carefully. He paid the penalty that his promise could come through his, that his presence could come through. Hear me carefully. <laughs> I keep on backing up. Y'all are like, wait a minute. Hear me carefully. Here we go again. Try number three. He paid the penalty that his presence could come through his promise of the Holy Ghost. His cross bought the cloud. His cross brought the cloud. Amen. If he paid that much for us to have a move of God like we just did in this worship service, then you ought to give yourself to worship every time you're here. If he paid that much to bring the cloud over the tabernacle, then maybe we should honor his sacrifice and make ourselves a sacrifice of praise. Amen. Maybe we ought to just lay down the fact that we're fatigued or we're tired or we've had a long week or we're already thinking about the struggles of Monday. Maybe we should push it all aside and say, you know what? Thank God for his covering. Thank God for his fill. Thank God he fills what he forms. Thank God he came and created a secret place. Thank God he moved on my life. Thank God. It's a cloud. It's a cloud. It's what will cover, protect, clothe, insulate, create secret places to handle and fill every empty moment. It's a cloud over the tabernacle. Then after the place of sacrifice was set up in Scripture. If you read one verse up, it says Moses finished the work of setting up all the court of sacrifice, all the places where the sacrifice was going to happen. Then the cloud came. Understand that this place is here because when you walk in the door, you kick through the ashes of life's prayers and life's dedication to get this here. You understand that there's no place where God moves or God sets down where there first wasn't a sacrifice made. Every time you feel the anointing in the house of God, it's because somebody burned a sacrifice of offering unto God. If you feel God move when this band is playing understand it was a Friday night practice session it was a Thursday night practice session it was a time spent in God's presence saying Lord would you anoint my fingers as I play Lord would you anoint these drums as I pray play Lord this is my worship to you I offer the sacrifice of praise through these instruments and then you get blessed for being here you think it's just words it's not just words on a screen. You're kicking through the ashes of somebody else's sacrifice. You're walking through the ashes of somebody else's love for God. Understand that we need a move of God. But God moves when sacrifice is given. Solomon sacrificed so many things at the Solomon's Temple dedication. 
that whenever the Holy Spirit fell, when the cloud sat down on Solomon's tabernacle, they could not even go in. It was so thick. They could not even minister. They just, they just fell under the glory of God. And all the things that they had there, all the sacrifices, all the brazen altar, all the blood, all the offerings, everything that they did, all the music that they played, it all faded away. And they could only see the glory of God in the house. I know there's people that make sacrifices every week to be here and to minister to you. But I want you, I want you to understand that no matter how long it takes to prep a sermon or prep a song, when God shows up, we want a move of God. We need a move of God because when he shows up, we forget about the ashes and we start thinking about the glory of God. All they saw at Solomon's tabernacle was the glory of God and flesh gets burnt away. There are ashes of sacrifice. But whenever the sacrifice is done and the cloud sits down on the tabernacle, the only thing left is the glory of God. You stop seeing how much you paid. You stop seeing how much it cost you. You stop seeing how much you did to get to where you are. And you start seeing only the glory of God got me here. Only the glory of God kept my life together. Only the glory of God's spirit in my life glued my life together only my family is here because of the glory of God you have to understand that it's not us that gets the glory even though we help do the work we're participating with God but when his cloud sets down and we say we need a move of God I'm saying it burns off everything in our life that does not matter and all we see is the glory of God in the tabernacle that is what they saw the cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Every one of your sacrifices turns to glory in God. That is what it means to give God glory. You cannot give God glory. You cannot add to God or take away from God. So when it says that you give God glory, the glory that you're giving to God is not adding to him. It's taking your life and giving him glory from your story and your testimony to God on the earth. You're giving glory to God on the earth, and it gives him great praise when we have a move of God. Everybody say a move of God. Everybody say, I need it. I need it. Borrowed trailer, borrowed gear. They will. <laughs> desperate. See, people don't like the word desperate today. Talk about thirsty Thursdays when you're too desperate before the weekend. I'm sorry, but the world found out that they don't like to be desperate. People don't like to look desperate. You buy insurance policies so you don't look desperate to your neighbors. So you can, when something happens to your house, you just call the insurance and they fix it. We are not okay with desperation sometimes, but we need a desperation revelation. Amen, somebody. It's a year of revelation. We need a revelation that there is no place where God moved mightily where the people were not desperate. 
In Azusa Street, it was said and reported in California that the pastor was set at the altar, kneeled before the altar, and would cry out to God with his head between two milk crates. And he would lift his head every once in a while and begin to give a tongues and interpretation of the Lord and begin to exhort the church and then would go back with his head between the two milk crates and pray again. And that's how the first century revived, the, the, the turn of the century revival broke out in America. Did you know that the church at Azusa never ran more than 90 people? But they impacted the known U.S. They spread all throughout. Why? Because they were hungry for a move of God. We need a move of God. We need a move of God in every moment. Amen, somebody? I'm closing my Bible just to let you know I'm putting the wheels down on this plane. We need to land in the Old Testament, Israel moved when God moved. New Testament, where you move, God moves with you. So whenever you make a move, as man plans, God directs the steps. When you make a move, God shows up. I was in Menards because uh, <clears throat> my son ran over our sump pump hose that runs out the side of the house when he was mowing. <laughs> and I'm like, ah. Oh. My daughter hit it earlier in spring, and my son hit it just this week. I'm like, Lord, why can't they see the black hose running across the lawn, you know? Nothing against them. I should bury the hose, but I haven't had time to do it. And uh, so I'm just like going to Menards, grumbling and complaining, Mike, for the mic. I'm not saying you do that, but I'm just saying that's how I was, that was the mood I was in. I was just like, I need a coupler, and I need two C-clamps, and I need... So Sarah goes with me, and we buy the wrong size. Now I'm going... No, it wasn't her fault. Now I'm going back to Menards, complaining twice as bad. you got to be kidding me. What a waste of my day. i got a sermon to prepare, Lord. Come on. I to... No, I didn't say any of that, but I... I'm complaining. I'm grumbling. I'm like, why can't they see this? Why do I need to do this? I go back to Menards for the second time standing in the same aisle, and I turn around, and there's my friend Rich. And I'm like, Rich, how are you doing? He's like, I'm doing good, brother. Praise the Lord. And he said, and he's talk, talking to me, and I'm talking together, and he goes, actually, I need to tell you something. He goes, God has been moving in my life, and God has been helping me, but I got diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer last week. He goes, and right now I'm on one of those drips for chemo. And I said, bro, I believe in a move of God. I believe in a move of God in any moment. How many know a moment can change your life? You can get a phone call and it can change the rest of your life. You can have something happen and it can change the course of your life in one moment. And I believe God can move in one moment and change the course of somebody's life. And I don't care what you believe of it. I really don't. I, I just know that I'm desperate all my life. I've been desperate for a move of God. I don't care if it looks bad, if it's not flashy enough, if it doesn't match what a preacher should be standing here all put together. I was desperate for a move of God in his life. He's my friend. And he's got a death sentence from the doctor. So I walked over to him. I said, let me join my prayers with whoever's prayed. And we just began to pray right there in the aisle at Menards. God 
can do a work in a hardware store. God showed up in that aisle. God touched him. We were praying together. People were walking by going, what are they doing? I don't care what they think about what we're doing. I believe and I'm desperate for a move of God. That desperation needs to stay with us, brothers and sisters. He's gotten back to me. He told me that while we're standing there that he's made more progress in four weeks on chemo than in two weeks on chemo than most people make in four weeks that has shrunk the cancer already. And that when he was praying, when he was praying with others and just trusted God, he said, I, I just prayed to God, you're going to move on this cancer. God, you're going to move in my body. He said, did you know that I haven't taken my asthma medication for two months? I was thinking he was going to heal the cancer. He healed the asthma in me, and he's healing the cancer through the doctor. I believe God's doing it. I believe God's doing it all from a move of God. You have to have a move from God. Amen? Stand with me. The power of a moment of a move of God can forever change your life. You need to move. I'm not talking about with a U-Haul. I'm saying you need to move your physical body. Did you notice what happened in this service when I asked people to move out of their pews and started moving down here? We need more of that, brothers. Hear me as a pastor. We need you down here moving and creating a move of God. Why? Because God matches your move. The Holy Ghost is in you. You mirror God, God mirrors you. When you see God move, move there. Why? Because wherever God's moving, his secret place is. Wherever God's moving, his protection is. You can be confident that when you go to where God's moving, there's going to be protection and safety and covering. Amen, somebody? When you're coming out of slavery, know that you need to move when he moves. I remember, anybody remember, and I'm trying to wrap up, but I have a whole lot of Holy Ghost on me apparently today. You know, that is the caffeine. I don't know, but I know it's the Holy Ghost. Anybody remember when you first got saved? Anybody here remember when you first got saved? You wanted to be at every single service you knew of. What were you doing? You didn't know it, but you were going to the move of God. Where the cloud moved, there's a service. That I'm, I'll be there. There's a, I'll be there. There's a, well, you're getting together for life. I'll be there. What were you doing? You were moving when the cloud moved. Wherever the cloud was, that's where you were going. Why? Because you were coming out of the slavery of sin. That's what he was teaching them is the physical thing matches the spiritual thing. And if you feel like today you're bound up or you're kept by sin or you're, you're held up in an addiction or you have something in your life that you cannot conquer, move to wherever he's moving to. Stay close to the presence of God and you will get out. Amen? You will get out. I believe God is doing something in this place right now. I want you to lift your hands if you would with me and let's ask for God to move. And I want to pray a spirit of desperation on the people of God today. I felt the spirit of surrender last week, and I feel a spirit of desperation on somebody's life today. I want you to know he honors the faith that comes out of that desperation. That faith is the currency that God moves toward. And right now, he has an affinity for you. He loves you. He wants to be in your life. He wants to sit down on you, the tabernacle that is his place, his church right now. And if you lift your hands honestly and open your heart right now, God is going to do something. But in just a minute, I'm going to ask you to make a move that God can match. 
Because God loves it when he sees his people doing something for him. When he sees us stepping out, he says, there they go. I'm going to do something for them. Look at them move. Look at them go. Look at them do what God wants them to do. In just a minute, I'm going to ask you to make a move. Maybe you've never moved forward to the front. Maybe you've never prayed like this before, but I want you to do it in just a minute. And I believe God's going to match your move. He's going to do it for you financially. He's going to do it in your job. He's going to do it in any place that he can. And he's going he's to help you right now. Online, he's going to do the same thing. I want you to move. Get up out of that couch or off that table, wherever you're at, and just begin to get ready. Go ahead and pray, church. Go ahead and seek the Lord. We need to, we need to go ahead and make ourselves known unto God. Make make. Make sure that he knows that I'm desperate for this. I don't want to live in hollow places anymore. I don't want to chase hollow things anymore. I don't want to go after things that cannot satisfy my soul anymore. I want to find a place where you fill in everything, Jesus. Now, right now, as we're praying and your hands are lifted, I want you just to go ahead and open your eyes and walk to the front. Would you Would you come down front here? Someone make a move. If you make a move, I believe God's going to match it today. If you're uncomfortable and you want to stay there, just bind your flesh and just say, no, uh, today I'm going to go down front. Today I'm going to make a move. Today I'm going to get beyond where I'm at. This isn't a gotcha. This isn't me selling you on the gospel. This is an opportunity for God to match your move because he does. The Holy Ghost is in you. If the Holy Ghost is in you, in you, you can do this right now. If you want the Holy Ghost, you should come down here and God will touch you in the name of Jesus. They're going to begin to sing this song. It's We Need to Move. And if you haven't moved yet, begin to move. Amen. Begin to move. Begin to move right now. Come on, let's lift our hands and let's worship the Lord. All the all, Everyone that stepped out, God's going to do something for you. I believe that in Jesus' name. God's going to do something for you.